Well, welcome to the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. I think this is supposed to be called Keeping It Real with Dr. Keel, but that was a marketing thing, and I'm only an economist, so how do I know? We have an interesting question this week, one that has been on everybody's mind for months. So it's not particularly new, and I wish I had something really profound to say about it, but here we go. What are you hearing about shipping freight headaches? Any better now than Q4 2021? Reasons for being better or worse? What should we look out for in the short term on this front? Oh, man. Supply chain has been the nightmare throughout 2021, and we know why. Uh, We had a particularly catastrophic year in 2020. A lot of people with inventory got caught with too much inventory. They vowed never to be in that position again. Then we hit 2021 with very aggressive growth, and I pointed this out before. In Q2 of 2021, we were growing at 9.5% briefly. We ended up growing at about 65 for that quarter, but that's still three times faster than we normally grow. And that led to almost everything we've been dealing with since. It led to the supply chain crisis. It led to labor shortages. It led to inflation. Not that these things wouldn't have taken place anyway. I mean, we are still struggling with some of those things, even without that burst of growth. But it certainly exacerbated the problem. So the supply chain has been trying to catch up ever since. And there are basically three weak points. And we're very familiar with them by now. There's the outbound part, which is basically the ports that we're getting stuff from. So whether it's China or India or Europe or whatever, they're affected by COVID as well. China in particular has been a problem because they've had this zero tolerance policy in place when it comes to COVID. So any case that they discover immediately results in a lockdown of that particular port. So you've seen their major port shut down for, in some cases, weeks at a time. Most of the congestion that we're seeing in the shipping sector now is at those outbound ports. It's the fact that there are hundreds of ships waiting to come in to China to load. You have similar problems even getting the stuff to the port from where it's being produced in China. The second problem is, of course when it gets to its destination. So the inbound ports, you've had congestion all up and down the West Coast. You've had COVID situations there. It's been everything from local regulations about how the ships are going to be handled to longshore union demands to just flat congestion. We've had ships that have been parked in the dock areas for weeks. Right now, we're forcing them all to sort of stay offshore by about 150 miles. So the congestion hasn't gone away, it's just not visible, and that creates more problems for the ocean carriers because when they were close to the port, they could at least anchor. Now they can't anchor, so they're just literally sailing around, burning fuel, not able to go anywhere. Can't go back home, can't unload, so it continues to be a problem. Then the third problem as far as the supply chain is in production itself, that you're not getting the output from the companies and the countries that we're supplying to begin with. When will this all end? Well, it's going to depend on, again, three things. Number one, will the producers be able to catch up? And in some cases they are. 
but that's been hampered by the different COVID outbreaks that China is continuing to deal with. So production begins to catch up and then it falls back again. Uh, You're not seeing compensating production as much from other countries like Vietnam, like Taiwan, like Korea, whoever else. Another problem as far as is catching up with the supply chain is kind of getting everything back in place. You still have ships that are trying to get back to China so they can load. You've got ships that are parked off the coast of both inbound and outbound ports. It's going to take a while for them to get into the position they need to be. And then the third issue, which is probably the most important, is will demand fall off enough that it allows the supply chain to catch up? At the end of the day, the most important factor is that last one. If we continue to see the demand that we saw towards the end of last year, the system stays overwhelmed for a while. But there are signs that that demand is beginning to ebb. Part of that is inflation. Prices are going up and that cuts into demand. Part of it is that the season for a lot of purchases is over. The retail season has hit its peak. That was Christmas. It's now slacking off. There's not a lot that will stimulate it until later in the spring. So when does this all end? The optimists are thinking that this may start to right itself by second quarter, probably late in second quarter. The pessimists are saying, yeah, it's probably going to be summer, probably going to be beginning of third quarter before this really begins to show signs of improvement. Having said that, it's going to be very dependent on what it is that is caught in that supply chain mess. There are some things that are going to start showing up in, in abundance. Like, for example, the auto sector is now at a point where that chip shortage is four or five or six chips rather than two or three or four hundred per car so they're beginning to catch up but it's going to depend an awful lot on, on what it is that one is waiting to see show up from where it was originally sourced long term what you're seeing is a lot of orientation towards nearshoring onshoring getting some of this supply chain closer to home. The estimate is that about $2 trillion worth of nearshoring, onshoring will take place this year. I've mentioned this before, but 69% of people who are working in China right now state that they're likely, very likely, or extremely likely to reshore, onshore in the next year. So that's a slow process. I mean, you look at what's happening with chips. Uh, we were in a severe deficit. Now Intel is building a new facility in Ohio. They're building one in New York. They're thinking of building more elsewhere. There are probably a dozen chip projects now underway. But they're not going to be up and running next week. They're not going to be up and running probably this year. So that particular supply chain issue isn't going to go away anytime soon. So... What does that actually tell you? It tells you that the supply chain is not going to be better rapidly, but it will improve in stages. And it's really going to be a matter of where your supplier is, what they're able to do to sort of keep up with demand, and frankly, where you rank on their priority list. I mean, this has been something that has been endemic. It's it's where the automotive sector was behind, for example, electronics. The electronics people got their chips, the auto sector didn't because they were further down the list. So it's going to get better. 
It's not going to get better real soon, but I'm thinking that by the middle of this year, there'll be a marked difference in how the supply chain is performing, and that will have some impact on inflation, because an awful lot of what's been driving inflation has been that supply chain. There's only two ways that you can react to shortages. You either just don't have it, and people can't get it for whatever, or more commonly, prices go up and you end up controlling demand for whatever it is that's in short supply by making it more expensive. Thanks, and I will talk to you in future episodes of Keeping It Real. Thanks for listening.